0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Good morning, Every Nation family. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. And um, we're continuing our series on God and money. And just before I go into that, we are back at our live services at 9 a.m. and at 6 p.m. And so. We would be happy if you can join us back at a live service. It's been such a long time, and it would be great to see all of you, just a moment of fellowshipping together and worshipping God. And so remember to register on our links that get sent on our WhatsApp groups, and we're looking forward to seeing you at the services. So today we're continuing with our series, and I titled this message, The Macedonian Heart the Macedonian heart. And so I'm quite sure that all of us um, grew up in church. Most of you should have, would have grown up in church um, as we are in that type of environment and that type of culture. And you would be familiar with a moment in the service that comes where there's an offering basket that goes around. And so I'm not so 100% sure how it was like for you in, in, in your household, but I remember growing up, um, either just before the service or just before I went into ch- uh, to the church building or either just before the offering basket came by, a uh, uh, five rand or a 10 rand or a 20 rand would have been stuffed into my hand so that I can put it into the basket. And if you think back about that, and we still do it up to this day, it looks like offering and all of that is actually about money and just think for a moment if, if if anyone have ever asked you for money or if you have ever asked someone to give you something they always think about finances first and then life happens and you might be at a place where you started a new job or you're looking for a new job or you started a family and you are actually that parent now that gives the child the five uh, rand, the ten rand, or the twenty rand and you're putting it in their hand. And as life uh, happens to us and we start working and you, or you're looking for work or you're starting your family, circumstances also comes into play. And now so your circumstances might be defining or determining whether you're giving, how much you're giving, or ultimately if you will be giving. But what if I had to tell us that our giving is not actually about money or the circumstances life offers us, but it's revealing something. Um, It's revealing our love for God and our love for people. And today's main text that we're going to look at will show us that the giving in this passage wasn't about the money, it wasn't about the circumstances primarily, but it was about a love for God and a love for people. And so I want you to open your Bibles with me at 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 9. And I'm reading out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. So 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 9, it reads as follows. But they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love is genuine for you know that the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor so that by his poverty um, we might become rich and so paul is talking to the corinthian church about the macedonian churches and the macedonian churches are namely the churches of philippi thessalonica and and berea and he wanted them to know he wanted the Corinthian church to know about the grace of God that was on the Macedonian churches and 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 about this grace that God has given them to give and they were giving to the churches uh, to the saints or the believers in Jerusalem that was struggling financially so they were poor believers in Jerusalem and so they gave to the churches in Jerusalem but the interesting part about this verse or this uh, uh, chapter that Paul um, explains to the Corinthians here is that he doesn't only tell them what they did. He doesn't only tell the Corinthians what the Macedonian churches did, but he also tell them how did they do what they do in the circumstances that they find themselves and why would they do what they did. And so then, It comes to this part where we need to understand or need to ask the question, what was the circumstances that the Macedonians found themselves in? And we see two things that Paul points out, a severe test of affliction and extreme poverty. So it's not just affliction and poverty, but a severe uh, affliction and uh, extreme poverty. And this word affliction literally meant for the Macedonians that they were crushed by life. So the Macedonians experienced a cultural pressure um, because of their pure devotion to Christ. And so the, the culture around them put them under pressure. Now you've got to imagine for yourself, not only are they being afflicted, but they are also in poverty. So they are also getting picked on. Um, in these circumstances that they found themselves. And the poverty and the crushing tribulation that life was offering them might even be impossible by our standards or unrelatable by our standards. And so just just remember for a moment an, an affliction that literally meant they were crushed by life. And you might have experienced moments and seasons in your life where you felt, yes, I'm crushed by life. And Paul continues and he says, they had severe test of affliction and they were they had extreme poverty. And this word Paul uses for their extreme poverty, this word extreme is derived from a, a, a word, a English word, which is bathysphere. And a bathysphere was this form of a ship, this round thing that they sent I actually known it as like deep diving. So they send it down into the sea. And one of the records of how deep they send these things down into the sea was 923 meters. Now imagine for yourself, Paul is explaining the Corinthians poverty. And he says, that is how poor they are. They are down at the bottom poor. They are dirt poor. And for most of us, it is a stretch to relate to that. Because we might consider poverty, um, we might consider whether we are poor or not, if we can eat out or not, if we can watch a movie or not, can we buy clothes or not? So imagine the Macedonians they didn't have that. They didn't have movies, they didn't have cars, they didn't have the clothing, they didn't have the iPhones and the, all the technology. technology but all they, what they had, they had nothing of those things. So imagine, no, maybe not, no, no big expenses, And yet they were saying, we are at a place of poverty. Now, taking into consideration that they had extreme affliction and extreme poverty, Paul says this is still what they did. They gave according to their means and they gave beyond their means and they were begging Paul and them earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And I don't know about you, but have you ever begged God to be part of his mission? Have you ever begged God to say, yes, God, I want to just be part of what you do. No matter my circumstances, no matter where I'm at in life, but I want to be part of you. This is was, this was them. They begged Paul, don't, don't, don't rob us of the honor of giving. Don't, don't take that away from us. Don't worry about our circumstances. We still want to give. And Paul clearly says we didn't expect what they did we didn't expect what they did but put yourself for a moment in Paul's shoes Paul had to take from people that were in a severe test of affliction and dirt poor extreme poverty dirt poor so if we had to put them on a poverty scale they might have been at zero but after Paul has taken from them they might be at a minus 10 Imagine he had to take that from them. And that should lead us to the question, why would they do what they did? Why would they do what they did? And how did they do what they did? And the the verse that gives us the answer, it says this, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. See, Paul wasn't using the Macedonians almost like primarily for what they were giving. But Paul was showing the Corinthians what's happening inside of the Macedonian believers. Paul was revealing to the Corinthians church that it is their love for God and their love for people that has caused the Macedonian church to give in these circumstances and in this financial uh, status that they had, um, that they were able to give. And this phrase, they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us is a similar to Matthew 22 verse 37 to 39 and he said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind this is the great and first commandment and a second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself so this they gave themselves first to the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my time, with all my resources. So this means what they did is they aligned everything they had to the lordship of God and says, Lord, you determine how we do things. You determine how we give and how we, how we will give and when we will give and how much we will give. And see, so God is calling us to align ourselves. So firstly, from a place of loving him. And then secondly, Will uh, the, the second commandment is like the first, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this is a clear picture that they gave themselves first to the Lord with all their heart, all their soul, all their strength. And secondly, they gave themselves to us loving people. So what is the lesson that we can learn out of the, the Macedonians? That it is our love for God and our love for people That will determine our giving. Whether that's tithing. Whether that's offering. Whether that's sacrificial giving. Not our circumstances. Or our financial stability or instability. Will determine our giving. But our love for God. And our love for people. And Paul moves on. um, After he's speaking to the Corinthians. About the Macedonians. He goes now. Uh, directly to them he starts speaking directly to the corinthians and he says to them this accordingly we urge titus as he had started so he should complete among you this act of grace which was giving but as you excel in everything in faith in speech in knowledge in all earnestness and in our love for you see that you excel in this act of grace also which was giving i say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. So Paul is urging Timothy to complete the work that was started. If you listen earlier, uh, if you read earlier in the in, in Corinthians, you would note that there was the starting of giving, and now Paul is urging Titus to finish this this race, finish this act of giving among. The churches, And he, he was telling them, you're you excelling in faith. You're full of faith. You're filled with faith. And then he was telling them, not just faith, but in knowledge. You're filled with knowledge of the intellect. And then not just that, but you're in all earnestness. You have a passion. It's burning among you. But now you've got to also excel in this act of grace, which is giving. But the next verse is vital. It's crucial um, to our understanding of what Paul is doing here. When he told them, but I'm not commanding you this. This is not an obligation. You're excelling. And I want you to excel in this grace of giving because it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow you. But I'm not commanding you. But here's what it will do. It is going to prove if your love is genuine. It is going to prove if your love for God and your love for people is truly, truly genuine. So see, our giving. Whether it's finance, whether it's time, whatever you might be giving. And I know this is a financial series. But when we give in whatever we entrust it with, it it proves, it reveals if our love for God and our love for people is genuine. And this brings us to a, a major implication. And the implication is this. Jesus can have your finances, your money, but not your heart. But Jesus cannot have your heart and not your finances. He cannot have it. So, in other words, there is no way to grow to spiritual maturity without committing your finances to the Lord. There's no way. It it reveals something in us. See, Paul says to the Corinthians that your giving is an expression of the love that you have inside of you your giving is an expression it shows what's going on inside of you it shows if jesus really has your heart and some interpret that statement that i said that jesus cannot have your heart uh, uh, jesus cannot have your uh, your finances and not jesus can have your your finances not your heart but he cannot have your heart and not your finances your heart means you you cannot be saved you cannot be born again you cannot have given everything to him but you're still withholding finances because that that means there's not an absolute surrender from our side you see because our finances is an expression see when we give it, it expresses our love for God by the way we tithe to the local church or as the Bible calls it the storehouses as we tithe to ensure that the the local church is healthy and the local church is fulfilling its call you see, our finances is an, is, a, is an expression of our love for spiritual family, so that we don't just love each other in word, but we love each other in action. We actually do something about it. And or our love, um, our giving is an expression of our love for the world, that we in in, in in the way we utilize our resources as an instrument to care and love people into the kingdom. So when we do missions, when we do church planting, when we do reach outs, or when you go um, on a coffee with someone, when you spend your resource, you spend your money to reach people for the kingdom. It's an expression of what is happening inside of you. You see, giving is not about money, not about, uh, not about circumstances, but we use it to express our love for God and our love for people. But Paul isn't finished with the Corinthians yet. As he moves from the Macedonians, so for all, for all of this, uh, until this point, Paul was using the Macedonians as an example. But now what the Apostle Paul does is he reaches to the highest example and the greatest motivation for our giving. And he says to them this in verse 9, For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. See, Christ emptied himself of all his riches, all his, where he dwelled in heaven, everything he had, he emptied himself, becomes a man like you and me, and dies for us. You see, Jesus is the genesis, Jesus is the beginning of, of this grace of giving. He's the he's the example we follow the pattern we look to. Because if if cuz Jesus see, when we look at Jesus, Jesus never gave his 10%. Jesus never gave his 20, never never gave his 30, his 40 nor his 50, 60, 70, 80 nor 90, nor 95, nor 99. Jesus gave his 100 when he died for me. When he died for me and when he died for you. See, he embraced poverty so that we might become rich. He emptied himself so that we might be filled with his grace, with his salvation, with his mercy, with his promises. So he empties himself so that we can become back in a right standing with him. And see, this radical act of total self-giving is the only thing that can consistently move us to give beyond the minimum. It's only when we look at Jesus and his radical actions of self-giving, of giving himself, that will help you and motivate you and move your heart to a place of giving beyond just your 10%, beyond just what is required. But you will move to a place where you give more. So if we don't desire To respond to God's grace, His grace is His saving grace, His his salvation upon our lives. If we don't respond to God's grace with a sacrificial giving, the reason for that is because we haven't understood the nature of the gospel. Because you see the moment we come into salvation the moment uh, uh, jesus gives us the right to become his child the moment we become born again the moment we we are saved by grace through faith see we take on the nature of christ the nature of christ of christ is giving the nature of christ is generous so if we have christ's nature that's what we are responding with so the more we can understand the gospel the good news that that um that that God became man in Jesus Christ and lived the life that you and I were supposed to live and died the death that you and I were supposed to die and on the third day rises from the dead and proving that He's the Son of God and offering forgiveness. And and, and salvation for those who repent and turn and put their whole trust in him. See, when we understand that message and when we embrace it and when it becomes part of us and Jesus lives and makes home in us, we have a new nature. And this nature is the nature of Christ that was giving. So if you find yourself once again lacking in this motivation, you're lacking, you're struggling to give. The problem will not be solved by another message. The problem will not be solved by another instruction or reading it again. Here's here's how we need a change in our hearts. We need a more thorough knowledge and experience of the extravagant self-giving of Christ. See, we need a knowledge and an experience of what Jesus did for us, how he gave himself so that you and I and live. And so, it is our knowledge and our experience of the extravagant self-giving of Christ that we that will enable us to give, no matter our finances, no matter our circumstances, but from a place of love of God and a place of love of people. You see, let our greatest motivation and example for giving be Jesus. If you're struggling to give. Finances, time, your resources, serving people at work. Look at Jesus. Ask him to change what's going inside. And I, I'm not sure if you're hearing how it's coming across, but that our, our finance is not primar- primarily about the money. It's, it's actually what goes inside of us, and that will overflow to what we give. You see, when, when you have an understanding of the gospel of Jesus, uh, uh, what, what almost to say, what is a 10%? What is the 10% of what we have if Jesus gave so much of himself? So, So our giving of tithes and offerings and sacrificial giving is only possible when we give ourselves to God, when we are rooted in love and we continuously look to Jesus as our example. And so what do we do about this? And you might find yourself in circumstances, you might find yourself in poverty, and you might identify and say, Yes, this is extreme poverty. You, you, you might find yourself in these moments. But see, it's when we look to God, it's not about what we give, it's about from where do we give? What's the place you're giving up? Who, who you're looking at when you give. And so, yes, what you can do is have a regular pattern of giving in your life, of tithing and of offering, of of sacrificial giving. And and we enjoy giving in percentages. So in our household, we we determine that 10% is set. That thing is non-negotiable. And then we're trusting God to increase, to, to to add another 2%, 3%, year by year increasing in our giving so that we can give more and more from a place of what God did for us, grateful for what he's doing for us. And we give from that place. And secondly, have a regular pattern of asking God what to do with your finances. Your 10% is set. Give it to the local church. That's foundational when we come into Christ. But ask him, surrender your finances to him so that he can guide you into your giving. Not because of the money, but because of what's going on inside of you. Because of your love for God, and your love for people so you might find yourself at a place where you think yes lord i gotta repent i gotta turn around i've done it many times i've mismanaged my money i've i've, I've been selfish i've been self-centered and then i go back to god and yes lord i remember your gospel i remember you're giving your life to me lord help me to give again help me to sow again god i show me the people show me the places where we need to sow our money lord our finances, show us the place where we need to sow our time, our resources. You see, So we, we constantly we need to repent. Or you might find yourself and say, I can't pay tithe. I can't, I can't give because I, I'm, I'm mismanaging. I'm, I'm not doing my money well. I'm having all this. Get, get someone to help you. We had someone. I had someone just coming when I just came into, into Christ. Ask someone, look at my money. Look at my finances. Help me. Help me to steward it better. Am I wasting money somewhere? How can, Do I tithe before taxes, after taxes, or before deductions, after deductions? When do we tithe? And that can be assisted. With those are practical steps. But it always comes. My, 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 I remember my, my drive was because, Lord, I want to honor you. I want to love you with what you've given me. And see, we want to give from that place the same way the Macedonians did, the same way Paul did, and the same way every one of us should be doing And so we're thankful that we can turn away and God help us in our hearts again. So if you find yourself in that. And then I also want to ask you to to seek help where you need. Um, If you need to steward your money better, however you need to do it, um, seek the help. So before I pray for us, I want us to go into a time of communion. Because really moving from this message of giving, we're going to remember the greatest giver who was Jesus. So I'm going to lead us into a time of communion. So if you can get your elements together there at home and distribute it among the family or whoever you're watching with. And then I want us to remember, we're talking about finances today. We now I want us to look beyond as Paul did. And he says, I use the Macedonia as an example. But now I want you to look at Christ who emptied himself, who became poor on our behalf so that we might become rich. And if you have salvation, you're rich in Christ. And so let's just take a moment to remember him. So we're going to take the bread to remember his body because this is what he gave to us. And so I'm going to pray for us and then we'll take the bread together. Lord, I just thank you um, for this moment. Father, I thank you for the example of the Macedonians and what was happening in their heart. But Lord, as, as Paul says and says, you, Jesus, became poor for us so that we might become rich in you. Lord, as we take this body, take this 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 this, um, this cookie, Lord, or whatever we have in our this bread will break right now. Father, I pray that we remember you giving your life, your body on the cross being pierced for us, Lord, so that we might become rich in you. So Father, as we take this and this bread may you help us to remember you and what you have done for us you can partake in the bread and now we move on that christ didn't only die Um, But he rose from the dead and his blood cleansed us from all our sins. And it's keep on sanctifying us as we go through life. All of us are under construction and needs more of Christ. We need more of his love, more of his mercy, more of his grace. But this is a reminder as we take this cup that Christ washed us and so where you feel broken where you feel lost where you feel down where you feel i'm messing up and i'm continuing messing up i repented yesterday this is a reminder that we can go back to christ and he washes us again and again and again in his grace and in his mercy and his love and so as you take this i want you to remember the blood that jesus shed for us and it's healing and it's cleansing us of physical pain. It's healing us of physical pain. It's cleansing us of our sin Which is a barrier between us and Christ and Christ is well washing these things away and making us more and more like him so Lord we thank you for your blood that was shed on a cross for us Lord so that we might be purified so that we might be sanctified and be restored into the image of of God into the into what you have originally intended. and he says you made us all in your likeness Lord in the way you wanted us you made us and so father as we take this we remember that you washed us of our transgression of our sin of our trespasses in the name of Jesus so let's take this in remembrance of, of Jesus Amen. And so I want to close for us in a prayer. And then I hope to see you next Sunday Um, again, whether it will be online or whether it will be at a service. Lord, we just want to thank you for this time. Um, Lord, we want to thank you. Lord, that you're changing our hearts, Father. And I pray for those that are in their hearts are convicted, Lord, that we'll do something about it. And we'll respond to this message, Lord, to say, God, we want to honor you with our finances. We want to steward our finances. Lord, and I pray for those that have shifted their focus, Lord, to to the material things of life and not kept looking at the life giver, the, the greatest giver, which is you, Jesus. Lord, help us set our focus upon you that we will continuously look at you, Lord, the giver, the greatest giver, who didn't just give you a tenth, that emptied yourself so that we might live and have life in abundance inside of you. Father, and I pray that you lift our heads back to you. Father, I pray that we'll steward the finances to your honor. Father, I pray that we'll become consistently a consistent, God, in giving time, in trusting you to give offering and to give sacrificially. Lord, I pray that we'll move in obedience from a place of loving you and loving people. Father, may you go with everyone that's listening to them. Father, may you uh, move in their lives in a greater measure, Lord. Um, Father, increase their faith, increase their grace in their lives. Father, I pray for those that have been trusting you, Lord, Um, just like last week. But again, this week, trusting you for financial provision, Lord, or open doors in life. Father, I pray that you start moving. Lord, as your word says in Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom and all things will be added to you. Father, may that be our our focus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Have a blessed Sunday and we will see you again. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.